hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran, and I'm the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you got a, a special episode here today with my main man, Matt Skillen. And we had a great conversation about all things ENS, about the gig economy, um, you know, all the good stuff that goes in with, with that. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And so I can't wait for you to check it out. Uh, so I want to talk to you before we do that about my good friends over at Smart Choice. They are the fastest growing agency network for a reason. And I, I truly mean this. I, I've met with the everyone uh, that I can over there in leadership, and they all just want to help you. They just want to see you grow. They just want to see you succeed. And, you know, they want to do that by giving you higher commissions, lower premium and, and volume commitments. Uh, no lengthy contracts. Uh, you know they want to help you. Whether you need one market or a whole slew of markets, go to smartchoiceagents.com. That's smartchoiceagents.com and check it out. Also, my good friends over at CoverDesk. They are the premier solution for all things virtual assistants. And you know, again, whether you need one virtual assistant or a whole team of virtual assistants, my friend Andy and his team over there at CoverDesk, they do a phenomenal job. They train the VAs in our state, in our in our industry. <laughs> they know our business, they know what we do, and they do it really well. They become a part of your team. They become a part of the fabric of your culture and what you guys do on a day to day basis. And your team's gonna love them. You're gonna love them. Your uh, team's gonna be more efficient. You're going to get a lot more things done. I think that uh, they are the future and the now of the industry. Coverdesk.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Guys, let me get out of the way as quick as I can so you can check out this conversation with my main man, Matt Skillen. Matt Skillen, my brother. What's going on, my man? How you doing, Heath? Good to talk to you. Man, uh, life treating you well today? It's all right. Can't complain, man. Sunny Colorado. You know, loving it. Having a good hair day today, too. Look at that hair. That is a <laughs> right. Uh, well, ski, ski season's over, so it's time to cut it. Ski flow's got to go. So, oh man, that's, that's a great mane you got there, man. Uh, I'm a little jealous, man. As I'm getting older and balding a little bit, but uh, it ain't bad, man. As long as that hairline isn't receding too much, you're looking good. <laughs> the forehead seems to be growing just a little <laughs> bit too much for my comfort. That's all right, brother. That's all right. Um, <laughs> So uh, what's it what's it doing there in Colorado? Are you in the seventies, eighties today? What are you looking at? We're in the seventies and eighties, man. It's nice. Yeah, baby. Nice. Yeah, baby. I just left Denver last week, so uh, love it. Uh, and the weather was perfect while I was there, so I loved it. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. What three hundred days of sunshine? It's not a bad place to be, but uh, no, yeah, not at all. But yeah, no, a little sad ski season's over, but ready for some heat. There you go. Ready for some heat. How about uh, ready for some heat tonight? Are you a Nuggets fan? Uh, I'm actually a Lakers fan. So okay. I'm LA, LA native. So, you know, there it's you more, go. You know, a little bittersweet, but, you know, glad to see there, a, local, a local team doing well. That's right. That's right. All righty. So let's uh, let's get a little bit more before you and I get to talking too much. Let's let the audience know who you are, Matt. So once you take a walk down memory lane with me, go back as far as you want to and lead me up to today on who you are and a little bit about your background led you up to where you are now. Yeah, so my my insurance journey, if you will. So, um, yeah, uh, started off, um, you know, graduated USC, uh, you know, was looking for, you know, work out in LA. And my pops has a long and storied career in the 
retail brokerage side of insurance, um, you know, ABD, Wells Fargo Insurance Services, and then USI. And he, uh, you know, you know, like everybody coming out of college, a little directionless. So he uh, kind of steered me towards, you know, the underwriting side of, uh, you know, the insurance space, great place to learn, great place to start for anybody looking to jump into the industry. And uh, I got my start at Probably, I'd say one of the best companies to you know learn the insurance industry and to you know learn underwriting, and that is uh, that is Chubb. So started in Chubb, Los Angeles, and uh, you know started kind of in the middle market, property and casualty space. Had a wide breadth of you know uh, accounts that I looked at. It was a um, you know amazing learning opportunity. Uh, about two and a half years in. Um, was reached out to by uh, one of the uh, leaders over at RT Specialty, which is a wholesale insurance brokerage, um, looking for uh, you know young individuals willing to jump into the ENS brokerage space. Uh, you know, it was a really interesting opportunity, an opportunity to move up to San Francisco. Um, you know, and kind of learn from some of the uh, you know best minds out there. Uh, so uh, you know, finished up you know, at uh, Chubb, moved off to um, RT in San Francisco, working for a team out there. Uh, and the kind of the draw to San Francisco and to RT was just how unique, um, you know, the ENS brokerage world was and how unique this specific team was out there. Um, you know, and being, you know, in San Francisco, they were very focused around the you know, gig sharing economy, very tech focused, um, you know, very dynamic is really interesting. So, you know, that was a big draw, went out there, learned from, you know, uh, one of, I'd say one of the best brokers at RT, which is Jason Mendry. He taught me kind of everything I knew or I know now. And, um, you know, uh, really just dove headfirst into this, you know, gig space, this sharing space, um, you know, but also with RT, you get exposed to all the weird and wacky risks that you could possibly imagine. So, you know, also dove into a fair amount of uh, cannabis-based business, you know. Um, so I would say RT is one of the best wholesalers for these new and emerging markets. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was kind of the draw and I've been there ever since. Uh, right before COVID, I moved to Colorado, you know, which was a, which was a good move because uh, being stuck in the city on lockdown would have been tough, but, um, yeah, came out here, uh, you know, still doing the same stuff, but, uh, but yeah, just a change of pace. Um, but yeah, still chasing the gig and sharing space, still chasing the cannabis business, you know, tough products, all the weird stuff you can imagine. Yeah, man. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it's fitting that you brought up cannabis right before you brought up moving back to Colorado or moving <laughs> to Colorado. It's a good space to be, to Absolutely. explore a little bit of that. Um, so, we talk about RT being tech and gig focused, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Cause again, uh, I am an older guy here. There may be some people listen to this. When you say gig economy, we don't hear a lot of that in the South where I'm at necessarily as mm -hmm. far as that goes. So what does that mean exactly when you say gig economy? So when I say gig economy, think your sharing of services where you're using a lot of independent contractors and your operation is driven by an application. So think your, you know, your DoorDashes, your Ubers, your VRBOs, your Airbnbs, you know, um, it's that sort of style. And it's very, it's very nebulous as far as what sort of operations fall into the gig economy, because it's really anything you can dream of. You know, we have, you know, lawn care services, we have, you know, home health care services, uh, you know, your standard you know, TNCs, you know, your transportation network companies or your last mile deliveries. 
the offering is also expanded into, you know, uh, you know, your Amazon DSPs, uh, you know, anywhere from, you know, heavy HNOA risks to owned risks, you know, auto lending or, you know, gig usage. It's, it's a very broad, very nebulous, um, you know, uh, space to be in. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of manuscripted policies. It's, you know, basically curtailing everything to be, you know, curtailing the whole policy to be customized specifically for this app-based carrier. Because everybody's offering is somewhat different. Some people are going to want to do, you know, like a drop down to cover drivers. Others are going to want to sit, you know, excess of their insurance. You know, people will want to, you know, uh, if you're doing like a home rental and, you know, cover the actual homeowner. So there's a lot of unique ways to position these policies. Each one, you know, there's, you know, a standard template that we pursue uh, when, you know, writing these, you know, when writing these companies, but each one always has some sort of unique nuance. So, you know, what we specialize here in is, you know, noticing those, you know, those gaps in coveraging, coverage, noticing, you know, how the operation, you know, needs to be, you know, how their policy language needs to be customized to fit what they're doing. So, you know, it's it's that, you know, specialty in working with these carriers to customize these very unique policies. Yeah, you know? I would imagine in that space, they're probably operating the owners anyway, or the policyholders on thin margins and trying to figure out ways to shave some money here and there. How do you come in and help them in that area? Yeah, so it's very it's very uh, good that you bring that up. So we'll, we'll focus on the auto space because I feel like everybody's kind of struggling with auto right now, rates are going up, everything's expensive. So what we do with these, you know, gig economy carriers is we do, um, you know, auditable policies that are based purely on usage. So we can be as dynamic as doing rental days for a, you know, auto, you know, auto sharing, you know, uh, operation, or we can do, you know, based on mileage, which I would say is usually what we go with is, is the mileage based rating systems, but it keeps, you know, it keeps costs down out the door. You know, you're not getting charged like, you know, you would a standard auto carrier where they're going to do a price per unit, 100% upfront, call it a day, you know, we'll do, you know, a minimum deposit, but then everything is auditable upwards thereon and erodes that deposit. So it's true usage based. If a car is parked, not putting any mileage on the road, you're not going to be charged for that car. But, you know, as soon as we're on the road, we start, we start clipping in the, uh, you know, we start clipping in the rate, start, uh, you know, start uh, charging for that mileage. So it is, you know, that's what's the beauty of these usage-based gig economy style. Everything is so nebulous. Everything is moving. Not every auto is on the road at once, you know, you know, or sometimes it's, you know, independent contractors bouncing on and off platform. The best way to pick that exposure up is usage-based rating off of mileage, you know, tearing it up as you go. So that is, you know, incredibly helpful. Also, our carriers are very dynamic and aren't going to, you know, dig their heels in at a certain mileage rate. So what we've been successful at negotiating with these, you know, with these startup gig economy carriers is, you know, mid-tier, mid-year rate reviews. Because with the gig economy, you know, it's a lot of, you know, it feels like almost gambling, right? You pick, you know, you find these startups, some aren't going to make it, but some just blow up. And if we we're coming out the gate with that, you know, with that starting rate before, you know, before they blow up, you know, that the audits will be crazy. So what we've been able to do is negotiate, you know, tiered rating structures or mid-year rate reviews to make it more scalable with, you know, the, the operations growth. Um, so, you know, so, we're trying to keep it as, you know, scalable as possible. We don't want, we know these guys are growing. We know margins are thin, like you said. So we really try to make it as usage-based as possible. So it sounds very similar to a work comp background with, you know, checking in on their payrolls throughout the year and doing quarterly or even monthly 
Do y'all have a monthly reporting form for auto? Yep, we do do monthly reporting. We also do um, quarterly, but I prefer I prefer the monthly. Kind of keeps everybody honest. You know, it's pretty trans. You know, it keeps it pretty transparent. Also, you know, if you're gonna you know start blowing through your projected you know projected mileage, I'd rather know that month by month than at the quarter. You know, and have to negotiate down an audit. <laughs> you know, I'd rather see it grow yeah. more. Yeah. Often, you know straightforward basis. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, very dynamic and we do, you know, uh, you know, operations all the way to, you know, on-demand staffing for, you know, for, you know, amusement parks or warehousing, you know, it's you know, all over the place. So it's a, uh, you know, very unique, very fun, keeps it, you know, keeps it very different. And we also, you know, with the gig economy focus, you know, with these on-demand deliveries that has also parlayed itself into, you know, cannabis delivery. So, you know, a lot of a lot of fun and interesting stuff that we're looking at. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're delivering cannabis. Or you're covering that. That's oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're that is delivery of cannabis. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the state of Louisiana is you can drive through and get a margarita or a daiquiri or a, a something liquor related. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. Now you're telling me that you can deliver pot to somebody and it's totally legit and you got it covered and they're insured that's incredible oh yeah yeah. (laughs) so we'll cover yeah so for my expertise i'll look at the you know the actual grow operation or dispensaries and their on-demand delivery side so yeah no it's a unbelievable we're we're, you know i feel society is evolving into an ever more you know on-demand based society right you can get your groceries you can get all your food and you get your weed all delivered straight to your What a beautiful thing. You know, the future is now. The future is now, my brother. So another thing uh, you talk about, and this may or may not relate to you, but uh, I I travel a lot and I'm in, you know, a different state probably every month, at least, you know, two or three times a month. And, you know, trying to rent a car nowadays, the national shortage of autos has made it difficult for not only me, but other people that travel a lot. And so Mm -hmm. what are you seeing in that space? And do you give a little insight of, of what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. So what we're seeing a lot of is, um, you know, people that own, I'd say, you know, mid-sized fleets of maybe 20 to 30 units. And, you know, they're starting to, you know, create programs where, you know, it's an on-demand rental service with maybe, you know, a delivery of the auto option, you know, like a concierge service, bringing the auto to you. I mean, there's already some pretty large operations doing this, but I'd say a lot of people are jumping in due to this auto shortage and also due to, you know, how expensive, you know, Hertz or enterprise has become. So there's, there is a, 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 for sure, a need for these, you know, cheaper, more, you know, dynamic, you know, and easy to access rental services where it's, you know, that kind of like Toro. Exactly. So stuff like stuff like Toro. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot more of these smaller operators. Um, And, uh, and now what we're seeing, you know, is a focus on these rental services purely for rideshare. So, you know, an owned fleet where we will cover, you know, the auto and what we kind of what we designate as period zero where the, you know, the auto is off rental, um, where we are moving it around, where our insured is moving it around to do maintenance. But, you know, with the ability on the form for these users on the platform, renting these autos to drive for, you know, an Uber or a DoorDash or something like that. And, you know, when they are on those platform, our coverage falls off, we push it all to the platform. But as soon as they're done and sign off, we drop back in. Very seamless, very dynamic. And for, you know, people who can't afford an auto, but want to, you know, 
work for these gig economy companies to supplement their income. It's a really nice way to, you know, really nice and not incredibly cost, you know, prohibitive way for, you know, these individuals to, you know, rent units and, you know, uh, supplement their income. It's, it's a very, I think, wait, a very wait, wait. Okay. So wait, wait, let me understand this correctly. So I could effectively go out uh, and rent a Toro and then turn around and turn on my Uber and start picking up passengers and make money. Yeah. It's a very, yeah, exactly. So yeah, exact. Wow. Uh, sort of and and yeah. we do these as, you know, we do these as, you know, either short term or we can do long term. Wow. Where, okay. you know, this could, you know, the auto could basically serve as this person's personal auto, you know, wow. and then if they want to drive for Uber and Toro. We have that language to, you know, to drop in and drop out. Um, I will say carriers prefer the short term. I bet. You know, <laughs> yeah, they prefer the short term. They don't love being somebody's personal auto. And usually when we do have these longer term operations, you know, there's, you know, usually a monthly like re-up on the subscription, you know, just so we're keeping track of everything. But, uh, but no, it's, it's, I think with, you know, the auto shortage we're seeing in this country right now, these operations are providing a, a big boon to, you know, the, you know, you know, the individual looking who maybe can't afford a car and right. income. it's, it's a very, you know, it's, you know, it's a nice thing to see, especially in, you know, you know, uh, yeah. inflation's high economy's rough, you know, you know, auto shortage. It's, it's good to see, you know, these gig operators kind of stepping in and filling a gap that I think is kind of needed societally. So, you know, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And so before I get down in this rabbit hole too much, um, before we get into this a whole lot, I want to come back to this in a minute. But what I want to do for a minute is pivot. If you could talk to some insurance agents that are listening right now, um, you know, how if they wanted to get into this niche or this vertical, you know, what would you give some suggestions on maybe where could they begin on that? Where could they market on that? Could you give any ideas on that and some advice on that? Where they could do where they should start if they wanted to get into this? It sounds like there's some money in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, there definitely, there definitely is. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of money. I mean, anything auto and transportation, it's, you know, it's pretty expensive. And what you're seeing, you know, is a lot of these operations, the, um, you know, the, the, I'd say the smaller tier, you know, like 10 to 30 units, these individuals do not know how to navigate the complexities of the ENS insurance marketplace. So what they, a lot of them are doing is like, small progressive policies per auto, you know, per user while on, you know, while they're on their platform, which is, you know, administratively a disaster and, you know, exhausting to put into place. So, you know, I'd say there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of cleaning up that needs to be done for these mid-tiers, these mid-sized operations, which is, you know, a huge value add coming in as a, you know, as a retailer is saying, hey, I can consolidate all these autos onto a single program where you can still rent it out to the individual, but it's more dynamic and, you know, you know, less, uh, you know, you know, less administratively burdensome. We take that, you know, we, you know, we take that all off of you. Um, so I'd say that there's a lot of vulnerability, a lot of value add coming in as a retailer, uh, as far as. So your play um, would be, uh, simplicity, your play would be simplicity, to help- consolidation economies of scale. Cause if you're able to consolidate all this, you know, rather than doing one-offs, um, you know, you can benefit from, you know, aggregating all your mileage, aggregating all your usage, getting a more, you know, again, going to that usage based structure and, you know, not having to worry about, you know, churning out a bunch of individual policies for, you know, these drivers. Um, and as for retailers chasing this business, um, I'd say, uh, you know, a good center of influence influence is always an attorney. 
you know, finding okay. somebody who is in this space because, you know, odds are if this attorney's having an issue, if one of their clients is having an issue, you know, they got 10 others that are having the exact same issue. So, okay. So That's- a good COI is always an attorney. Um, also the, you know, the good economy world, you know, people like, uh, like you, Heath, the, uh, you know, the podcasters, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, there are a lot of, you know, you know, uh, gig economy based podcast people that pursue this stuff, you know, getting in, getting in touch with those guys. There's these networks are pretty close knit. We're at a mid roll ad, a mid roll ad, and I love it. And we're talking about my good friends over at Canopy Connect. Your one-click solution to getting all those deck pages you need to quote your prospect. And I love working with them. They have been with me since the jump. My very first sponsor, and they've been with me all the way through. And you guys continue to sign up. And you guys continue to tell me how much you love them. You guys continue to brag all day long. I get at least one or two emails or DMs a week from somebody telling me how much they love Hannity Connect. And I, I'm just such a big fan but now, not only can they help you get deck pages on personal lines, they can also help you get loss runs on commercial lines. They can also help you get those uh, d- driver lists. They can help you get uh, the loss information. They can help you get just policy information in general. No more that back and forth of asking all those questions that make it awkward. Get it all with one click. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Uh-oh, Father's Day is right around the corner, and you haven't gotten your dad anything yet. Ah, don't worry. That's where my good friends over at Manscaped come into play. You and I both know he needs some serious grooming in his life. So grab your dad, the package 4.0, and he'll thank you for helping him tame his beast. It's a win-win situation for both mom and dad. Go to manscaped.com and use code MAYOR for 20% off. 20% off, citizens, and there's an and. 20% 20% off and free shipping. Come on, guys. That's amazing. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and perfected their game with the lawnmower 4.0. Make sure you check this out. Manscaped.com backslash. I mean, manscaped.com. Use the code mayor at checkout. So that's manscaped. Scroll to the bottom mayor as the discount code, and you will get 20% off and free shipping. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of good, you know, you know, local, uh, you know, uh, trade events focused specifically around, you know, like micro mobility or gig economy, uh, auto. So, you know, it's a, it, again, very small communities. Um, and you know, they're always, there's there seems to always be some sort of, you know, shared mobility conference going on, but those are, those are very good. Because they do draw in, you know, they draw in the big guys for sure. And they draw in the big retail brokers, but they also draw in the smaller startup operations that are looking to get, you know, looking to network with their peers and get feedback on how to structure their programs and how to, you know, structure their offerings to differentiate themselves in the marketplace. So I do think that going to these trade conferences is a good move. Um, You know, I think uh, a good one is Move America. That one's coming up. Um, I, you know, going, yeah. So, you know, they have those, the big players, you know, but focus on, you know, the small guys that are sitting in on the panels that are listening to these big players and how they, you know, how they structure their, you know, their, their risks. Those are the guys you want, the ones that are there to learn. So I'd say, you know, big trade conferences, lawyers, you know, good COIs and, you know, you know, being gig economy, everybody's into the podcast, everybody's into the, you know, the, you know, yeah. 
tech media. So, you know, getting, getting in with those guys as well. Okay. So again, going back to the agents that are thinking about this niche or listening to this right now, thinking this, this could be a way for me to bring some extra income into the agency. Would you say there's a lot of blue ocean there? A lot of white space in this area, or would you say it's crowded area? I would say it's not as crowded as you think. You know, there are, there's a handful of teams that do this well. Um, you, you know, what you see as an ENS broker, you know, or an aggregator, we're going to see it, we're going to see it coming from all sorts of places. So I have, you know, five or six teams that are consistent, have a very solid flow um, of stuff always coming in. But you, I also see a lot of people with one-offs. Okay. So, and you know, those, I'd say those one-offs are honestly some of the easier ones. Cause I feel everybody is battling for the big dogs. You know, everybody yeah. wants the door, everybody wants DoorDash, everybody right. wants the car, you know, everybody wants Uber, but there are a very underserved, what I would say, middle market, you know, startup, you know, or maybe year or two in gig based risks that are are very underserviced. So I'd say, you know, that there is space to move, there is space to chase this stuff. Um, yeah, and you know, I say only a couple retailers that do it really well. Yeah, so we know about, or at least we've talked about the auto piece, and we you mentioned the VRBO and some of the the property piece. What is another one that we're not thinking of as far as some of that shared economy goes? Maybe yeah. office spaces for commercial use, but what's another one that I'm not so thinking of? I, a I, big a big one that we're seeing a lot of is what I would classify as service sharing, but not okay. in the way of, you know, a task rabbit. Now, task rabbit great operation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, but there are others that focus on lawn care. But what I've been yeah. seeing a lot more of, which I think is, you know, a, you know, really, you know, there's a, a fun area to play in is, you know, the on-demand, like what I would classify as a staffing firm, okay. you know, because, um, you know, sometimes engaging, you know, staffing firms is a little, you know, for small companies is a little, you know, arduous, not that easy, but we have a lot of um, what I would classify as, yeah, the on-demand staffing, app-based staffing, where they have a pool of, you know, a workforce pool for various operations that you kind of shop around for, you know, you see a list of individuals, list of resumes. It's really easy. You get to choose and you get to pick your workers. You know, I'd say that is kind of a new and developing field, um, you know, and, you know, we're creating really bespoke policies that, you know, while on platform, these independent contractors are considered our employees or named insureds while they are working for your clients. So, you know, if there's third-party bodily injury or property damage from this independent contractor, we're picking it up as if it were our employee. So oh, wow. um, I'd say, yeah, that's that's a, a, an evolving evolving space. Um, the other one we're seeing a lot of growth in is the healthcare space. So the, uh, you know, the home healthcare and nursing, you know, right. sort of, you know, similar, similar model where it's this on-demand staffing. Uh, but something that people don't think about is, you know, these home healthcare operations have a surprisingly large amount of HNOA. You know, okay. uh, so my you know my partner she works in home healthcare and she's constantly driving her you know her clients around to doctors appointments stuff like that. It's an exposure that you know the standard home healthcare people don't really think about. You know they think okay it's small mileage it's not a big deal but you know it's it's a lot more frequent than you think and all it takes is one bad auto loss with a client sitting in the car. You know so. You know, this home health care, non-emergency medical transit, also another big developing field that can benefit from the usage-based structure. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I like that. As again, I'm trying to think of my audience here listening and and trying to put myself in their shoes and you know what they could glean from this and what they could learn from this. And so, well, what I would, uh, I would say is if you're if you're you know so the home healthcare stuff you know is you know s- standard market right. Yeah, I would say if you're looking to do some account rounds and really you know solidify you know the protections for your insured, you know looking at the the hired non owned you know, putting that in their ear, how often are your nurses or health practitioners driving around clients? Because it's probably a lot more than they think, you know, so diving outside of, you know, the gig and sharing space, let's look at how, you know, our markets rate, this usage-based rate, maybe something that home healthcare isn't typically used to, you know, we can, we can supplement, you know, that, you know, your standard general liability coverage, maybe an HNOA endorsed on there for a tiny bit of premium, but let's be honest, that's not, you know, it's not substantial enough. And having auto subject to an aggregate is, is not the move. So, you know, breaking that out, doing a full, a true one mil CSL, picking up your practitioners while transporting the clients to, you know, doctor's appointments, groceries, that sort of stuff. You know, it's a, it's a much larger exposure than people think and something that we have been kind of account rounding these home healthcare operations with. So, you know, maybe something that's not in the gig space you know, we could find a home for you, for your clients, for this HNOA exposure, you know, if it is, you know, if there is way more of this transportation than you think there's there's going on. It's a good way to account. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, you brought up, you know, other exposures that you guys, you know, could help people with. And you know, I say you guys, I mean, you know, RT, but also any ENS brokerage, you know. Um, and so when you talk, start talking about that, I'm looking at an industry that the hard market is here, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I feel like we're going to be in the longest hard market cycle that we've ever been in. Agreed. And so I'm seeing a lot of standard markets that are getting off of a lot of business they would have typically written. And I feel like this is a great chance for ENS to jump in there and grab a, a nice market share. Um, and I think historically ENS has kind of been looked at and dumped on as, you know, the guys that take the hard to place risk or things with hair on it or whatever the, whatever you choose to say about them. And, and I've always, I have an affinity in my heart for ENS and as I started off there and That's right. my, uh, my brother's an ENS underwriter. And so I, I have a huge love in my heart for there, but for those out there, they're thinking, you know, down the road, five, 10 years from now, uh, let me know if I, how you feel about this, but I feel like a larger percentage of your book is going to have to be, especially in the commercial world based in the ENS realm. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. The standard market is con- contracting. Um, and we are seeing, you know, you know, what used to be standard market plays moving into the ENS space, you know, naturally you see, you know, autos, you know, auto jumping into the ENS space, but outside of that, you know, well, a lot property is a big thing. Was yeah, I was going to say property as well. I mean, especially if you're looking at coastal, if you're looking at, you oh, know, yeah. larger schedules, if you're looking at hotels or if you're looking at resorts or if you're looking at apartments, you know, whether it's habitational or hospitality driven, I think properties too, but you brought up product specific. Yeah. So we're saying, yeah, a lot of, a lot of products, what we would, you know, typically what we would see, you know, in the, you know, standard market rolling into the ENS space, you know? Um, yeah. So I'd say tough products, but I, it, it, I like that you brought up real estate, um, you know, habitational, that is an increasingly hard market and something that's going to keep moving to the ENS world. Yeah. Um, uh, so for, you know, like HAB, you know, section eight student, uh, student housing, uh, you know, elder housing, like that is all moving ENS and, you know, have a, have a bit of that on my book as well. Um, I feel like everybody that's in the ENS space has to have a little bit of ab in their book. A hundred percent. It's yeah. Like you said, hard market. Um, everybody's taking a look at it, but 
Yeah, the property right now, property right now is really tough. I am not, I am a property and casualty broker by trade. The only time I really chase property is when it's cannabis based, you know, because the cannabis packages make it real easy. So, um, but you know, the, you know, the big DIC coverages, yeah, those are getting, you know, a little more hairy, um, you know, but RT has fantastic resources for the, you know, for the tough to place property risks. And one of the great things about RT is, you know, a lot of communication between the casualty groups and the property groups. I have a set group out of San Francisco that I love to work with and, you know, partner with them on any opportunities that I can for the property. And I feel, you know, RT is very collaborative in that respect, but yeah, the, the property world is, is getting harder and harder for sure. And those guys are, you know, a absolute godsend these days. Oh, I bet. And so again, uh, if I'm out as a agency owner and I'm recruiting a young producer or a new producer to my agency, and I'm trying to build them a vertical, what is, in your opinion, a great vertical that they could use an ENS broker for an ENS market for, whether it's for the time being or a long-term play there? Well, I think for, you know, some, you know, I'm always going to say, you know, chase the gig economy stuff, you know. Sure. And that's, I will you know, always, I will always say, you know, chase that stuff. It's a, it, well, let, me pause, let me pause you for a second. Yeah. What's the average premium on a, a, a decent size or even a small gig economy account, so to speak? So small startup operations are going to typically be around 75 grand to a hundred. Wow. Okay. So you so can yeah, it's, a- it's, it's, it's big minimum premiums. You know, you got to pay. Heck to yeah. No, yeah, you but- definitely do. I was thinking much smaller scale than that. So yeah, if I'm a, a startup agency and I'm, you know, trying to hit, you know, a certain number, maybe even a, let's say a million dollars in production, you can get there pretty quickly on a handful, 10 or 12 accounts. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, sometimes you know, like I said, it's a gamble. Sometimes yeah, no, I get that. Okay, so the average, day, yeah, like you know, yeah. I I won back in the day that was about fifty grand at inception. Uh, a year in, they just they exploded. A great business model. You know, it was like a delivery, an on-demand delivery operation focusing specifically on like tier three and four cities that are underserviced by on-demand delivery, and they just they just exploded. You know, and so like from one from one year, fifty k minimum. You know, fifty k. Uh, deposit to the next year, they're about 300, 400,000. The year after that, jumped up yeah, to dude, seven that's figures. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you could scale pretty quickly there. I, I was not aware of how large those could be. So if you're talking, obviously, you know, that's your focus is that gig and tech focused and uh, the, the Uber or the, you know, um, service sharing type things. However, you know, is there anything else, you know, and Keep going down that that trail if you want to, but I'm just trying to think of as people are transitioning in this hard market, trying to figure out a way to make some money, and they're losing accounts, and things are getting shopped. What's a, what's some good ideas and some advice you could give them working with ENS? Well, I'd say you know with ENS we provide a you know a, a very unique expertise, you know, and and you know RT as a company we don't just you know it's not just you know, the casual side isn't just the gig economy cannabis. That's me specifically. But you have amazing construction broker, brokers, retail brokers. We have a ton of unique programs, you know, risk purchasing groups, things of that nature. So uh, it's always good to engage with a wholesaler, an ENS broker, especially one as dynamic as RT, because we have so many programs, wildfire programs. You know, it's, it is a good way to differentiate yourself. And, you know, right. if something comes across your desk and it might not be, you know, within your knowledge base, or your wheelhouse, send it to a wholesale broker because more often than not, the weird stuff is going to be within somebody's wheelhouse and we can direct you to that person and yep. use that knowledge to supplement yourself. You know, we will give you the knowledge. We will make you sound educated in the space 
and give you weapons. Also, you know, we're not afraid to jump on the phone with you as, you know, support to, you know, run with these, you know, run with these uh, clients. And also, you know, uh, by how unique, you know, the product lines we chase, we also do get direct referrals from our carriers, which we can then share with retailers if we choose, you know? Oh, I like that. So we do, no. we, you know, we do feed our retailers, uh, you know, if, you know, if there's a guy we like and we see a consistent, you know, consistent flow and, you know, easy yeah. expertise, we're able to share, you know, kind of what we're seeing and stuff that's in the market. And if anything comes direct, we can give it on over. Yeah, totally. Uh, relationship-based business there mm-hmm. where you've got to have that. And, you know, I've got to give a shout out to my boy, Jim Anderson, um, you yeah. know, for hooking us up and introducing us. And uh, I, I definitely appreciate that for sure. And, you know, I'm assuming that um, he he's someone you've built a relationship with and that you guys can uh, work together pretty closely with. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Jim Anderson and the Fairmatic team, uh, incredible, you know, sharing economy broker or sorry, yeah. sorry, sharing economy market. Um, you know, when I talk usage based, I think they are one of the better markets that does the usage based model. Um, they do direct the integration with the applications and the platform. So, you know, they're picking up mileage in real time driver behavioral data, which factors into pricing. You know, it's it's a great market and Jim Anderson, great guy. Um, you know, and yeah, like you said, it's a small, it's a small space. You know, everybody kind of knows everybody, you know? Sure and, do. Yeah. You know, it, and it's, you know, because of that, you know, everybody has a pretty strong relationship with one another and, you know, we look out for each other. So, you know. Yeah, I love that. So before we start wrapping up completely, why don't you... Um... If you could, let's let's write a little cheat code for my agents out there that are in this niche. What are some some buzzwords or some language they could use if they're starting to market to or to prospect some gig or tech focused accounts? Could you give me write a little cheat code there for me? Yeah, so I think the you know I think everybody's ears are always <laughs> going to perk up at you know cost. So okay. you know I always go out with the you know market the usage based you know market the usage based pricing. Okay, you know, everybody is used to you know a set price, a price per unit, or, you know, non-dynamic rating basis, which make things, you know, very cost prohibitive out the gate, you know, so you, with the usage-based pricing, you know, you're going to help out your insured with cash flow. From there, I would say, you know, bespoke policies, you know, very customizable. It's, okay. you know, the coverage language is a lot of manuscripting. So if they're, you know, if the insured is looking for something weird, like a limit for, you know, you know, drivers who may not carry insurance and we're dropping down and providing that personal insurance, you know, we can manuscript language in there for, you know, when on platform driver considered as insured. So customizability is, I'd say, the second one. Um, and then I would say, you know, honestly, the, the third one is probably just expertise, you know, the, by partnering with us, partnering with these markets, this is what we do all day, every day. You know, we, you know, by engaging with us, by engaging with those markets, we will bring you expertise in that space. And you can say, you know, we are partnering with markets, with, you know, wholesalers that will be a, that will not be confused by your operation, that will be able to, you know, create something dynamic and, you know, different from the rest of your competitors. That's good. No, that's real good. I appreciate that. And so, I think there's something to be said. Everybody wants to feel like they have something customizable. Somebody mm-hmm. wants, you know, they don't want to be fit in a box, you know, and they want to know that, you know, you're going to take care of them price-wise, which, you know, I always tell people don't lead with price, but that also helps to be able to say, I'm going to differentiate myself from the pack. I understood what you meant by price by saying, you know, right now you're probably written on a, you know, policy that's this way. What if I were to introduce you to a usage base? And, you know, be able to save you some money in that way and customize a policy for you in this way 
blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can position yourself as kind of an expert or a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, and on top of that, right, like the customizability of these policies and our inner expertise, you know, this will be, you know, curtailed to the insured. It won't be, it's not a generic policy. It will, you know, it is what we put together are true sleep at night policies. You know, there will be no question if there's coverage because we will manuscript that coverage right in there to, you know, fit your needs. So yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, it provides that expertise, provides that, you know, that assurance that you have the correct coverage than like a standard base ISO form, you know? Awesome. I love that. Um, and so, yeah, so I appreciate all that and I appreciate you and, um, you know, I wanted you to be able to take a few minutes now, if you wanted to, I don't know where your jurisdiction begins and ends. And, you know, I've got audience all over the country, but if someone wanted to reach out to you to ask questions, maybe you could point them in the right direction. How would they be able to find you? And uh, whether they're on the East coast or West coast or somebody in RT, could you give me a little bit of that? And maybe talk a little bit after that, maybe a little bit more about RT. Anything you want to give me, I'll give you a four or five minute runway to give a little commercial for RT. Yeah. So um, as for RT, we do not have like a territorial restriction. So I write, you know, from east to west coast. I have accounts in almost every state. So, you know, no, no issues there with, you know, you know, accessing me if, you know, you're from a different region. Um, As for, you know, I'm happy to share my email. It's uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot Skillen, S-K-I-L-L-E-N at rtspecialty.com. If you have any questions, just feel free to shoot them over. Um, If it's something I can't handle and you have a question for, you know, wildfire programs or real estate programs or whatever, I can point you in the right direction. RT is really good about sharing, you know, who does what, who specializes in what. So, you know, getting you in the right hands, not difficult. Um, as for RT as an organization, I will say it is a very, you know, uh, you know very aggressive, very production focused organization, which is a very good thing. Um, you know, everybody here is, you know, a competitive player, you know, and I am more concerned about other RT producers than I am concerned about our actual direct competition. Cause you know, we got some, we got some strong producers out there, you know, and we do compete internally. So, and it's not, you know, so we don't eat our own. You know, and there's a lot of internal support, but there's also a lot of good brokers. But uh, I would say, you know, we are probably one of the hardest working, you know, fastest and, you know, have every appointment you can imagine uh, wholesale brokers out there. So, um, yeah. How old is RT? Because I feel like I just burst onto the scene just recently. Yeah, we are. Yeah. How old are we? Um, Do a quick Google search. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, yeah, you know, it's like 10 years or so. But um, yeah. Um, but and yeah, you, all- you know, I mean, you know, it's spearheaded by, uh, you know, legendary Pat Ryan, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Tim Turner at the helm, you know, it's been uh, an incredible, incredible growth. Yeah. And we just had our, um, you know, kind of our production meeting uh, in uh, Chicago a couple of weeks ago and, and our numbers with, you know, as far as, you know, our competitors who've been around for ages and our numbers with our carriers, uh, we're, we're beating, we're beating everybody's brakes off. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, it was, it was funny when we were having, we have an awards dinner and, you know, it's, you know, Tim Turner made the joke, wow, there's a lot of millionaires in this room because there's a lot of very high revenue generating brokers. And it's really exciting to see that in such a young organization. Just shows the tenacity, the expertise, the knowledge base. 
you know, I, you know, I, I am fully confident you send as weird of a risk as you can into RT. There will be somebody here that has that specialty. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I think that's awesome. And I've seen some weird things myself in the ENS world and I've written some odd accounts in the ENS world as a producer and agency owner. So, um, I, I'm a huge fan and uh, I'm a huge fan of ENS. I'm a huge fan of yours. I appreciate you joining me and hanging out with us and my audience, my citizens of insurance town. And, uh, if there's any last, last words you guys say, otherwise we're going to sign off here, brother. Uh, no, just, uh, it was good to talk to you again, Heath. Uh, always great to catch up. Yeah, brother. I appreciate you. And, uh, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Definitely. All right, man. Good stuff. Yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for hanging out with me and Matt today in the show. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. This dude was so much fun, a lot of energy, a lot of information out there on the gig economy. I had a great time. I hope you did too. If you've got an idea for your own show, go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. That's GetReadySetPodcast.com, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Guys, um, also... Uh, keep coming with me on the or coming at me with uh, different ideas for the show, guest ideas, and all of that good stuff. I love, 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 love it. It makes my life easy and it helps you guys because this show's about you. It's not about me, it's about you. So go to uh, your email, go ahead and hit a new one, type in Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com and start flowing with the ideas, with the uh, critiques, with the uh, praise, all of those things. <laughs> And then um, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you're listening right now. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, I'm continuing to grow my uh, listenership there. And I'd like to end up ranking eventually one day. So continue to subscribe. Continue to leave those five-star reviews. I appreciate you so much. Now, I got to get out of here so you can get out of here and get on to your next podcast. <laughs> or the rest of your day, whichever one. So have a great day, and I'll hang out with you again next week.